0: Ciao ragazzi, benvenuti a tutti sul podcast, Quick Link. Hello and welcome to Quicklink Podcast on the 11th of May. After Taco Monday, it's Tactics Tuesday, so we've parked the headlines and we'll crack straight on with today's Giro stage before we hear from Jez Cox. Day 4 of the Giro d'Italia brought us the driving rain and 187 kilometers from Piacenza into the central Apennine range. All nice and sedate for the first 80 kilometers before climbing the unclassified Rosena to a Prim and then along a pair of Cat 3s at Castello di Caprinetti and Monte Molino with a fun looking descent in between the two. A few lumps to the second prime in Fanano and then the Cat 2 Colla Passarino to finish it all off. Over 4k at 10% before a short run into the line in the town of Sestola. GC reminder then, Filippo Ganna of Ineos Grandiers continued to lead GC. He was 16 seconds up on Tabar's Foss of Jumbo-Visma. De Koenig Quickstep had a trio in 3rd to 5th. Ervnepoel and Almeida both at 20, Cavagna at 21. A break didn't take too long to form today, and it steadily grew in size to 25 riders, representing 17 of the 23 teams here. No Ineos, Astana, Bora, EF, Jumbo-Visma or Lotto-Soudal. Three in the break for Trek, the oldest rider in the race, the Court, Jacopo Mosca and Emmanuel Gebrig Zabia. And three from Bardiani, it's Filippo Fiorelli, Filippo Zana, and the rider who started it all off today, Samuel Zoccorato Behind them, Astana and Ineos doing all the donkey work at the front of the peloton. Highest place on GC in this group, Nelson Oliveira of Movistar, Alessandro Del Marquis of Israel Startup, Valerio Conti of UAE and Victor Campanats of Quebec Assos. Those riders were at 32, 33, 34 and 35 seconds to Filippo Ganna at the start of the day respectively. Gap out in excess of six and a half minutes with 70k under their belts. The first action of the day would be the intermediate at Rossena after 87km, Filippo Tagliani of Androni taking that ahead of his teammate Nicola Venturuti, with Filippo Fiorelli of Bardiani third over the line. Seven of the ten Italian riders in that 25-man break picking up points. Live pictures were lost for a bit, but came back just as the break crossed the summit of the day's first climb at Castello Carpinetti. Zoccarato and Tagliani had slipped out of that group, but the gap was still over five minutes to the bunch. Francesco Gavazzi taking nine points over that Cat 3 climb, and on they went down the other side, 6k of descending in the rain before stepping back up to the foot of the day's second climb. Christoph Jul Jensen of Bike Exchange and the Intermarché duo Rain Tarame and Quinton Hermans. Gave it some beans down the descent, and by the foot of Monte Melino, the second climb of the day, they'd opened up a gap just shy of two minutes over the 20 riders behind them, Peloton at 7.5 back. Herman's first to slip out that front trio up the double digit gradient of Monte Melino, and he was caught by the chase group with the leaders crossing the summit. Tarame from Yul to add another 9 points to his KOM total, just over 40k to go at this point. Louis Vervaig, Andrea Vendram, and Alessandro Del Marchi had broken off the front of the big chase group and were 1 minute 10 behind the two leaders. 10k later, the chase had come back together, but Vendram went off in search of the duo on his own. Eight minutes down the road, the peloton were being dragged up the climb by Dukernik Quickstep. In Fanano, the second prime awarding bonus seconds, Tarame took that ahead of Jul Jensen. 13km to go by this point, and straight into the Cat 2 climb Passerino, where the race would kick off. That original break-slash-chase group now shedding riders behind them, being absorbed by the bunch. Alessandro Del Marchi, Joe Dombrowski and Nelson Oliveira, among a group of eight riders now, mounting a serious chase for the duo up top. Peloton at 4.30 now and starting to have a group of GC favourites pop off the front, while João Almeida, fourth on GC, slipping out the back and his Dukernik teammates were sticking with Remco Evenepoel instead. With 5k to go, DeMarkey and Dombrowski were 30 seconds behind Tarame and Yul and gaining, the rest of that chase group dismissed by the pair. With 4.3k to go, the two pairs up front have begun a quartet, and Joe Dombrowski just kept riding past Tarame and Yul Jensen, trying in vain to hold his wheel. Behind them, Giulio Ciccone was the first to launch from the GC group. In between, a group of 10 riders, Vendram, Vervek, Tratnik, Fiorelli, Ida, Dina, Gavazzi, Walter, Olivera and Mosca were all about 45 seconds. Gikerni, ahead of the rest, they were at 3.20. Michal Landa was the next big race favourite to make a move, forcing others to come with him to not ship time. Dombrowski took the summit of Passerino 20 seconds ahead of Del Marquis. Back in the GC group, Egan Bernal was now attacking with less than 2k to go as that group caught some of the other stragglers from that original break come chase group. Intercess stole on his own and a first professional win outside of the Tour of Utah for Joe Dombrowski of UAE Team Emirates, their tenth win of the year. Alessandro Del Marchi of Israel Startup Nation second and riding himself into the Maliarosa. Filippo Fiorelli of Bardiani third, just ahead of Louis Verwake and Jan Tratnik. Walter, Edet, Oliveira, Tarame and Jules Jensen rounded out the top 10 over the line. Egan Bernal was at 11th, 1.37 down on Dombrowski, leading home a group of five riders with Giulio Ciccone, Alexander Vlasov, Lander, and Hugh Carthy. Evnipoul, Bardet, Yates, Martin, Formolo, Betio and Caruso, the next group over the line, they were at 1.48, then everyone else was at least 2 minutes 11 down. Almeida's group came home at 6 minutes, while Ganner was right out of the picture, he was over 21 minutes down to, to the stage winner, Dombrowski. Alessandro Del Marque now in the race lead. At 22 seconds, Joe Dombrowski. Lurs Vivek third for Alberson Fenix at 42. Of the overall race favourites, Vlasov is at 124. Evnopol 128. Carthy 138. Bernal 139. Lander and Yates are at 149. And Ciccone at 156. Tomorrow, stage 5 of 21. Absolutely pan flat. 177 kilometres from Modena via Bologna and Imola, heading in a straight line southeast along State Highway No. 9 to Catolica on the Adriatic coast. And after all that, it's now time to hone some racecraft of your own. We hand over to Jez Cox, commentator with GCN and Eurosport, and professional coach with the Oakland Wolves. Here he is with the latest episode of his A to Z of Racing Tactics. This week, it's the letter N.
1: This week's letter is N. And N stands for non-negotiables. Long-term listeners will hopefully have applied something of the J for JDI spirit or just do it spirit to at least some of their riding. And if you're really lucky recently, some of your racing too. If you're not yet up to speed, then do check out the J for JDI episode from four weeks ago. Others, of course, may have heard it, and in relation to my advice, may already well be applying the JFO principle. And if that's you, then I can't help you. You are still at least here anyway, which is nice. The just-do-it spirit of racing, as we know, is built on the principle of an enforced yes-I-can-ism, which requires of you as a rider to pay checks that your legs and lungs may not be able to cash. But yet, you do it. Because that's the plan. Any of these seemingly reckless commitments to envelope pushing tactics need to be underpinned by a contract with yourself that you could at least, just at any point, pull out. You could sit up and become a normal person on any given Sunday morning, and not a person involved in a raging argument with their inner governor over what's actually possible. At any point, you could just give in and stop, which of course is exactly why you keep going. Mediocrity is, after all, a disease. And no matter what our starting point, we do need to battle it in order to simply become better versions of ourselves, no matter what our level. 1% better is fine, because it's better. Okay, so now that I've pumped you up and buttered you in, onwards to this week's ruthlessly simple tactic. Pre-race, just choose two to three riders, never four or more than that. And never just one. Three is absolutely perfect. You need to choose these riders based on either a bit of careful research or if it's not a race, if it is a race, I should say, and then the riders you choose for a race will probably be obvious to you. The non negotiable element of this is simple. If any one of these riders attacks, you will go after them, or if you're really alert, go with them. They're getting away in a breakaway, solo or in numbers without you is not an option. Your joining them, or at least your shredding of the very innards of your lungs in order to attempt to, is non-negotiable. You will go with it. Now, of course, there are other tactical elements that help make this tactic itself even a possibility. These include marking, primed bunch positioning, and a state of play awareness on your part. For pros of course, race radios in big races will help with this as radio tour relayed from your team car announces in your ear the numbers of the riders making the breakaway. The real work for you is actually done pre-race where the rider decides the non-negotiable riders that they will go with and then notes their numbers and writes the race numbers down. Some riders will actually write these numbers on a bit of tape on their stem just as climbs or key kilometre markers might be. But that's a dying thing, due in part, I think, probably to the ever-decreasing size of cockpits at the highest level. However, you will still see riders with three or so race numbers written on the inside of their wrist. That is still quite common. Just imagine turning to the rider next to you on the start line and seeing your number written clear on their stem. And then you look up, your eyes meet. Hey, good luck. Two words that are rammed with hidden meaning right there. So anyway, the non-negotiable element of having to go with or after any of those riders is key. Of course, chances are there may be some 50 or so other riders with the aim of doing exactly the same thing. So be sure to use others around you. Each face in the wind is a place off the win, as they say. Well, they don't say, but they might now because I just made that up You heard it here first, okay? Each face in the wind is a place off the win. Now choosing those non-negotiables might actually not be about trying to win. It could be simply about finishing highest up or even about marking key riders in order to be there for a teammate later in the race. Your research, either way, is key here. Who's in form? Who won there last time? Who's been in the breakaways that have stuck either last year, last month, last week? These questions are key, but they should also be based on what you are actually capable of, honestly. If you're an 85 kilo sprinter ruler then having a 60 kilo climber who won the race last year as your non-negotiable coming into that final 2k climb might not be a wise decision. However, choosing the 75k diesel who finished eighth last year and is known for his steady and powerful climbing might mean you finish higher up if you go with your non-negotiable whip it, and you don't blow your doors off. Of course, once you're at the very highest level in the world, your pre-race non-negotiable contract meeting with yourself becomes so much easier. Okay, let's assume you're a woman. You're the Dane, Cecily Uttrip Ludwig of FDJ. In fact, you're choosing three of the... You're choosing your three for the final 30k of flesh alone, 2021. Obviously, your first non-negotiable is the winner of the last, what, six or seven editions now, Anna van der Brecken. Then you might go for Marianne Vos and Annemiek van Vleuten. Write those three numbers on your wrist. If any one of them attacks before the Mûr de Huy, you know they have the ability, and crucially the Palmares, to back them up, being your NN. And for the guys, you are Julien Alaphilippe with Quill in hand, prepping your inner wrist for those three numbers the night before Milan-San Remo 2021. Mathieu van der Poel, Michal Kijakovsky or Wout van Aert. If any one of them so much as sneezes on the Poggio, you will be there to wipe their nose.
0: Jez Cox, excellent as ever on the show. You can catch Jez next week with part O. And in between now and then, he's on Twitter at jezcox or online at jezcox.com. The Tour of Hungary begins tomorrow, the only other race on the calendar other than Day 5 of the Giro. Five stages, beginning with a flat 173km affair from Siofok on the banks of Lake Balaton to Kaposvár. Three flat stages, and then the Queen stage on Saturday, which finishes up Mount Kekesteto, then a circuit of the capital Budapest on Sunday to wrap it all up. It's a third-tier race, so we only have eight World Tour teams there, Jumbo-Visma, DSM, Bora, Astana, Trek, Bike Exchange, Bahrain and Israel. Only previous winner on the start list is Mikhail Reim of masowski Sir polsky he won the race back in 2016. There's nine Pro Tour teams there, including Vinny Zabu, in their return to racing after the doping ban. Four continental sides, and there's a young Hungarian national team with an average age of 22. Damien Hausen of Bike Exchange, possibly the favourite. He was third last year. You Know X will be there, my favourite Pro Conti team for sure. They'll probably be targeting every single stage knowing them. Olev Koy of Jumbo Visma, Timothy Dupont of Bingo, Jordi Meus of Bora, Phil Bauhaus of Bahrain, and Ruby Barbier of Israel. In with the shout of stage wins. British interest at the race comes in the form of Charlie Cotton with Trek Segafredo. Fred Wright with Bahrain Victorious and Sam Brand with Team Novo Nordisk. A Velo games update to finish then and Sean McCulloch leads our show league. Second is Manolo Veratti, and third is Harry Dukes who you can hear most weeks on our weekly waffle. Although we didn't do one this week because the Giro had just started. 135 players entered, and I'm currently 58 places behind my mum, who just picked Peter Scan, and then, in her own words, 8 random blokes. As they say in Italy, it's a marathone, not a sprintissimo. We'll see you tomorrow. Il soffrito è molto semplice, carota tritata finemente, sedano e cioppello bianca saltati lentamente, con un filo d'olio per circa dieci minuti fino a che non saranno morbidi. Thanks for listening to Quicklink Podcast your daily microdose of pro cycling news, results, opinion and chat. We'll be back tomorrow with another show but in the meantime you can hear all of our previous episodes at quicklinkpod.co.uk and find us across social media at quicklinkpod. If fantasy cycling is your thing our fellow Games show league code is 572732917 Like and subscribe rate and
1: review and we'll see you tomorrow Bye now.